Good morning. Welcome to University Chapel on this day. One announcement. I know weekends people are doing all kinds of things, but I want to call your attention to a pretty fantastic event. It's this Saturday, June 30th from 12 to 4. It's called the Family of Abraham Picnic. I had the opportunity two years ago to attend this. Um, it was uh, hosted by the Islamic Center, and there were people of all different faith communities. And I thought, oh, it's a picnic. So, you know, the kind of Lutheran Christian in me, I, I brought bars. I thought, I guess it's potluck. But the Islamic Center had this beautiful meal for us, people of different faiths eating together, a very special event. And if you are free or can rearrange your schedule to come, information is printed on the back of your program. It's a delight to be with you today. I think uh, Scott asked me to be involved as he is with a group of Cal Lutheran faculty and staff at the National Youth Gathering. This is an event that happens every three years and it pulls together about 37,000 Lutheran high school students. So like for us, that's one big admissions event. And we have an admission counselor there, and Desta Gaynor is there, and Colleen Wyndham Hughes, and Scott, and uh, four fantastic students. So if you're inclined to uh, look on Facebook or Instagram, you know Desta. She's posting all over the place. So you can, uh, you could, she's even got some video clips, and if you're interested in hearing some of the speakers, she references that as well. Today, our two songs are not out of the hymnal. They're on the video screen. You may remember some of them uh, from growing up years, but feel free to sing along with them. The words are on the screen, and that will provide our music for today. I don't know about you, but sometimes in the midst of life, I'm pretty weary by the time I come to University Chapel. Things happening in the world weigh down on my heart. And so we are invited today to rest together, to hit the pause button, turn off your phone, and rest. And a verse from the Christian tradition from 1 Corinthians 15, 18. I'm going to read it and I invite you to be still, maybe close your eyes as I read this verse. Therefore, my beloved sisters, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord the work of your hands is not in vain. Amen. stand. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for God has visited and redeemed the people of God, God's own creation. 
God has blessed us with all good things from our hands to our feet. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, we call out to you from the tips of our toes and the nails of our fingers, with all our body and soul. How do we address you? But what name should we call out to you if you would hear our voice and attend to our needs? Do we call you out in the le language of tradition? Eternal, everlasting, creator, redeemer, advocate, maker? Or do we call you from the language of our flesh and blood, our soul, mother, father, sister, brother, maker, lover, keeper, friend? But what name? God, we know you by millions of names and millions more who have touched our hearts with, our, with your mercy and grace. And the actions of our hands and feet are changed forever. Amen. Today's reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 21 through 29. Jesus said to his disciples, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive demons out in your name? Did we not do mighty deeds in your name? Then I will declare to them solemnly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rains fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house. But it did not collapse. It had been set solidly on rock. And everyone who listens to these words of mine, but does not act on them, will be like a fool who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and buffeted the house. But it collapsed and was completely ruined. When Jesus finished these words, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God.
Good morning. Thank you, everyone, for coming. I want to thank my husband, Tom, for, for coming as well. Um, the scripture this morning I did not choose. It's chosen for me by the lectionary, the Catholic Church lectionary. We have a gospel that is read every day. And the song I chose a few weeks ago, and a few of my colleagues were in my office yesterday, and I was telling them about this song, and I was kind of laughing because I wasn't sure that Monica would like it. Monica has a different taste in music than I do. And I was hoping Scott would be here because I wanted to say right after every comment or statement that I made because that's his particular pet peeve, right? <laughs> right? Um, but my colleagues were in my, were in my office and I was telling them about how I had just been at the um, city council meeting in Simi Valley the night before. I was there, I got there at about 4.45 and I helped people f fill out their comment cards. And I was there until 12.30 that night where the majority of the speakers and the majority of the cards that were turned in supported California as a sanctuary state. And yet the CME Council decided to continue in their pursuit of the lawsuit against the state of California that's been um, in, put in place because of our federal government. And it was so distressing to me to see people come from out of town that stirred up hate in that room and to see the clergy come and to speak for peace and to see some of my own colleagues and um, other folks that teach in the local universities and colleges to come and speak for peace and neutrality and for that to be ignored. Um, I didn't come here to talk about that, but that's, that was my heart on Tuesday. And I, sh I, I played that song by the artist formerly known as Cat Stevens. Yusuf Islam. He um, was part of shaping my worldview as a child as I grew up in the 60s and listening to the songs of protest and listening to the songs of, of um, civil discourse and peaceful disobedience. And uh, I, I played that for my friends because they had never heard it. And I wept at my desk and I wept all day. And I was afraid I would weep here, but I'll try not to. Back in April, I was up at PLTS, and I was speaking about the importance for the students to know how to use library resources. Um, I'm there as part of the uh, reaccreditation committee. And I heard from the dean and, and um, the librarians and uh, one of the other faculty members that the students up there are so anxious and so impatient to get out into the world and change it that they don't necessarily see the importance of doing good research. And to me, as a librarian, that was anathema. But I get it, because like many of them, I am overwhelmed by the needs and the causes and the injustices that we're experiencing today. And I want to do something about it. When I was in seminary, everyone in my program was required to take a class on pastoral self-care. Assuming everyone was going to be a pastor, that was not my intention. 
and assuming that everyone was pleased to spend $1,800 so we could lay on the floor with our hands on our diaphragms, filling our breaths while we listened to Give Me Jesus. It wasn't exactly how I would have chosen to spend that money. I would have rather have gotten money back and taken another class where we could call the, uh, the great civil rights protester, Dr. John Perkins. We were able to call him on his birthday and talk to him. He was a man who was beaten almost to death by the police in, in Mississippi. And he's a wonderful person. And in that same class, we also did cultural analysis of movies like Crash and American History X. That's what I was interested in when I was in seminary. Just like those PLTS students, I wanted to get out and get her done. That's what we're, that's what we're about. I wanted to do, and this drive to do, though, is something that's deeply embedded in our culture, at least since the Reformation when John Calvin suggested that hard work was the sign of our election. It's often called the Protestant work ethic. So we find ourselves skipping lunch and eating at our desks, working late, answering emails during the kids' soccer game, all in the midst of marching at rallies and serving up the homeless and posting that perfectly composed tweet that we know will surely change the tide of the direction our society is going. Today's gospel from the lectionary isn't exactly helpful for our state of mind. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me. When properly read, it's a reminder that when we are attuned to spirit, we naturally resonate with the source of all goodness in this world. But how often do we second guess the goodness of our actions and our work? How often do we wonder, am I doing enough? How often do we drive past that person with the cardboard sign and wonder and think and are haunted by the words, depart from me, you cursed, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not invite me in, you did not visit me, and we wonder. Don't just stand there, do something. It's a familiar trope. It suggests an intrepid orientation to jump into the fray, to enter into danger, to sacrifice with no care or concern for personal health or safety. It's what we do, it's expected of us. And for many of us, it's what we want to do. It's what drives us. Get your feet moving, get your hands dirty. We must. And then we fall into bed exhausted every night. Night after night. I want to suggest another way. It's a twist on the trope. Are you ready for it? Don't just do something. Stand there. Now this is coming from someone who stripped off shirt and shoes and dove into um, 
really heavy surf to swim out and rescue a woman whose rented kayak had capsized on the rocks um, without thought to the fact that there were rocks underneath the ocean waters. My brother looked at me and he said, go get her, Iron Woman. It's what I do. I'm not an Iron Woman. A dear friend of mine once observed, Yvonne needs danger. Just standing there is anathema to me. But standing there is an ancient practice, a spiritual discipline developed when the whole Christian world was Catholic, when salvation was assured by the taking of the sacraments and the work of God, the opus dei was to pray. And this prayer, this contemplation of the good the true and the beautiful drives the contemplative person to action. Pope Gregory the Great, the sixth century Benedictine, had this to say, the act of life is to give bread to the hungry, to teach the ignorant, to set straight the lost, to recall the proud to the life of humility, to care for the weak and those entrusted to us, and attend to every service we are to perform. Truly, the contemplative life, however, is to hold fast with the whole mind to the love of God and to burn with desire to see the very face of one's creator. Each is incomplete without the other, Gregory teaches us. The contemplative life and the active life together make up what it means to be in this world. I, don't, I do not mean to suggest that only Catholic or even Christian traditions recognize the value of contemplation. We know that from our other brothers and sisters in the world. In fact, the great Roman statesman Seneca claimed that action requires contemplation and contemplation requires action. I see it as a movement, a divine weaving in and out, dynamic dance, where seeking the face of all that is good drives us to discover and perform the works of mercy. And the effort of this performance drives us to rest once again, gazing into the face of the beautiful. It's not self-care, it's adoration. But it's adoration that heals the soul and is life for the world. Don't just do something, stand there. I'd like to end by reading a poem by one of the young women that lived with Tom and I over the years. Her name is Tori Harness, and she's getting married to her beautiful bride soon. And they've chosen to take her grandmother's name, so she will be Tori Blue. And she's an Instagram artist, and she publishes under the account Notes on the Way. It's a spiritual practice, I think, to notice the day's kindest greetings. It's easy to miss them or interrupt them in our haste. To wake up recognizing those greetings as the presence of love. Love, who is the earth's marrow, who gives life and vitality to everything that takes up space from here to the edge of the universe. It does not ask anything from us, 
nor require our effort, our penance, our prayer to be among us. Our prayers today. I will read petitions, and if you are bold to speak about a concern that is lifted up in this petition, feel free. But I also understand sometimes in a room that this big, we may feel very small, and so sometimes we just want to say that personally, and that is okay as well. Let us pray. Gracious God, today we pray for the 40,000 people attending the ELCA Youth Gathering in Houston, Texas, and we remember our colleagues, faculty and staff and students who are there. Bring them joy and conviction. Gracious God, keep loving us, keep loving the world, and use us to love. Use our hands, use our feet, so that all may feel the touch of your grace, especially to those who are most wounded, whose lives are most fragile. Send us forth be bold witnesses in the spaces where we stand. Hear our prayers, O Lord, and tend to them in due season. But actually, we'd like them right now. <laughs> but in the meantime, we trust your confidence and that your way of working in this world. In your name I pray. Amen. Receive the benediction. Light of light, eternal shine in our hearts. Guide the work of our hands, direct the work of our feet, bless the actions of our lives, actions that bring you glory. Amen. Amen.